I want you to go to Exodus chapter 2 and look at verse 11 that we read there. It says, And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting in Hebrew one of his brethren, and he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, and he said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince or a judge over us? And tendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by the well. I want to continue talking this morning about righteous judgment. We've been talking about that for several weeks now. And specifically what I want to talk about this morning is when to intervene in a situation, okay? We live in a world that's, you know, as residents, I should say, of a wicked world, you know, we regularly see injustices being committed. We regularly see bad things happening. We see people doing wrong. And so when those situations come up, when should we get involved? How far can we take these things? Once again, we're trying to get us thinking biblical when it comes to things, because what's something that we're all real good at? Sticking our noses places. Sometimes where it belongs, sometimes where it doesn't belong. Sometimes we should get involved and we don't get involved. How do we know the right situation? And often when situations do come up, when intervention needs to happen, many times we don't have time to think. You know, and it's important that we know what to do ahead of time. You know, most of the most important decisions, they're made ahead of time. Things we've already determined in our heart, we're going to do. And in this story here with Moses, this one chapter that we read here, it covers a big portion of Moses' life. And we see here how all of a sudden he's going out one day, he sees an Egyptian smiting one of his fellow Hebrews. And he goes, and that's an injustice that's being done. Something bad is happening. Here this Egyptian is, I mean, smiting one of his brethren. And so he decides he's going to go and he's going to take the law in his hands. And he kills the Egyptian. And it's clear he knew what he was doing was wrong because it says he looked this way and he looked that way. Hey, is anybody looking? And he goes and he kills this Egyptian. And so then the next day comes along, you know, he's feeling like, you know, he's the new superhero, uh, you know, of uh, Israel. He's going to be the one that's going to deliver the people. And he thinks, man, I already killed that one guy the one day. But then he goes and amongst his own brethren, he sees fighting going on. And so he decides that he's going to step in. I'm going to intervene. And he steps in and notice what he said, what this man said, because it goes along with what we talked about last week, I believe it was. I think it's on Sunday night. And he said, who made thee a judge over us? Once again, we don't just get to appoint ourselves to positions, okay? I know we live in a world where we watch superhero movies and these guys, they put on capes and things and declare themselves, you know, these vigilantes that go saving the world and intervening and things all the time. But, you know, that's not how it's supposed to be done. Judges are appointed by the people. You know, who made thee a judge and a prince over us? Okay? Even a pastor, you don't just declare yourself a pastor. That's something you're appointed to. You're sent out. We've been talking about all this stuff. And it, civilized societies have always operated that way. Even way back here in the beginning of the book of Exodus, we see that. And so now, because of the fact that Moses had handled the one situation bad, where he killed the Egyptian, and apparently, even though he looked this way and that way, there were some people that saw what happened. Maybe the one that he saved told everybody about it. But people now, they see Moses. He's been intervening in situations. Nobody made him a judge. 
Nobody had made him a prince. He already went too far in how, he, in how far he took the one situation where he went and he killed the Egyptian. That wasn't the right thing to do. And as a result, he's now in trouble. The children of Israel don't respect him. He's broken the law. The king of Egypt is now upset with them. And so what has he got to do? He's got to go and escape. Moses made some bad judgment and it got him into trouble. He was try- I think he was trying to do the right thing in both of those situations. I think he wanted to help. And how many times have we in, gotten involved in situations thinking, I'm going to help. I'm going to try to make a difference. And we ended up making things worse. And what I'm going to be preaching to this morning, I just, want, I just want to tell everybody right now. Well, what I'm preaching is biblical. I'm not going to stand here today and tell you that I have always operated by this code and I have never violated this code. All right. I, I've. I've learned some of this the hard way, you know, and I've learned from experience some things that you are not supposed to do. So what I'm preaching about, just like a lot of what I preach about, well, I'm telling you what the Bible says and you shouldn't do it. Doesn't mean, I'm not up here saying, every time I preach against something, I'm not saying I've never done those things before. I've had people before tell me, you know, they'll, they'll tell me that, you know, you preachers, you know, you think you're all so perfect because, you know, you preach against this, you preach against that. When did I ever say I've never done any of those things? All right, when I'm calling you a sinner, when have I said I'm not a sinner? All right, I, I've got to preach this stuff, okay? And sometimes I've got to step on my own toes. And I'll probably step on my own toes a few times today. But anyway, so how do we know when to intervene? How, do we, how can we know when to intervene? How can we know when we can, should just mind our own business? Well, first thing we need to understand, look, Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 18, I want to show you a verse there. First thing that you have got to understand is that we shouldn't go looking for fights. That's, that is not what we are supposed to do. We are not out here looking for fights. Proverbs 6.18 says, talking about things that God hates, and it says, a heart that divide, devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief. Some people are just looking for trouble. Some people are just looking for a fight. Some people are looking for problems and they're always swift at running to mischief. I mean, as soon as they hear that something's going on, as soon as they hear there's a controversy, man, they are all over it like ugly on an ape. I mean, they are running to those things, wanting to get involved, wanting to put their two cents, wanting to punch somebody in the nose, you know, just wanting to take somebody down. That's not the attitude we ought to have. Okay. I, you know, we all, you know, we do. We all think we're the heroes. You know, you watch Walker, Texas Ranger and stuff like that. The guy beats people up every day, saves people's lives every day. You know, Chuck Norris, he can do it all. And it's like, you know, how, it's amazing how many, you know, on shows like that, how, how many fights he gets into. I mean, I mean, when was the last time any of us got into a fight, you know? But I mean, this guy, he finds them every day. And, and his fights are always justified, you know? His roundhouse kicks to the face are always just, all right? I've never needed a roundhouse kick anybody in the face. And... I couldn't do it if I wanted to anyway, but at the same time, you know, it's like you've got people, they watch that junk all the time. They see those things and it's like they're always out looking for a fight. They're always just looking for an opportunity to punch somebody in the nose. And I'm just going to tell you right now, you know, unless you live in some crazy areas, you're not going to have that many times where you need that. All right. You're you're just probably not going to need to do it. And Romans chapter three Verse 12, it says, says, they are all gone out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. 
Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Once again, some people, they just they want to shed blood. They want to hurt somebody. That is just how they are. And they like to act like they're a big hero. They act to act like maybe they're a contender for the faith or something like that. But they're, they're wicked. They're someone that God hates. They're, they're swift in running to mischief. They want to get involved in situations. They want to beat somebody up. They want to hurt somebody. They want to take somebody down. They'd love to shoot somebody if they had the opportunity. But you know that should not be our attitude. I am 100% for gun ownership. I'm 100% for concealing carry. I'm 100% for open carry. I wish they let us do it in this state. But you know what? I'm not, if, if I ever get my conceal and carry, I'm not, I don't think we ought to do that and just go walk around just waiting for somebody to trip up. Man, I hope somebody, I, I hope somebody robs this bank while I'm in here. Man, I'll blow their brains all over the ceiling. I, that's how some people are. You know, and, it, and if, you have, if you have that, if you carry, okay, great, I'm 100% for that, but I hope you're not anxious to shoot somebody. I hope that that's something, you know, that was the last resort. That's not what you want to do. But some people, man, they want to. I mean, ready to draw their gun. I mean, you think there's a lot of policemen out there that have never had to shoot anybody. And their job is going to, you know, the bad stuff. And, you know, and if you just go and you get your concealed carry permit, and you're always getting opportunities to shoot at somebody. I'm going to start thinking you're just somebody that's looking for trouble. You're somebody that's trying to get into mischief and wanting things to happen because you're because you're just wicked and you want to shed blood. And we need to understand, too, that when it comes to our town, our community, you know, we have appointed police officers to patrol our neighborhoods. Okay, And and you might not like that. You might not necessarily agree with that. And I'm not saying I necessarily agree with everything that police get involved in and everything that they do. But you understand that that's what our society has chosen that's what they do. And, you know, we, ought, we shouldn't get in the way. We shouldn't be uh, obstructionists. We shouldn't be causing them problems. You know, some communities, they have neighborhood watches. They've chosen as a community, hey, we're going to appoint different people to just kind of keep an eye on things. They're going to watch, you know, this guy's going to watch at this time. Maybe they let him carry guns. Back when the big George Zimmerman thing happened, you know, that was what he did. He had a neighborhood watch. He carried a gun. That was something that their community decided that they wanted. And, uh, you know, that was appropriate for him to be doing what he was doing, you know. And then the situation, the way he handled it, I'm I'm not going to get up here and defend how everything went down in that situation. But I do agree with the legitimacy of a community having a neighborhood watch. Now, my community has not decided to do that. And so, you know, I don't have the right to just go walking up and down my street, toting my AR-15, just waiting for something to happen, all right? That, that would freak my neighbors out, wouldn't it? I mean, can you imagine if, if I just did that? And the truth is, even if we had a neighborhood watch, you know, they don't, they don't go toting AR-15s. You know, they usually are concealing whatever they're carrying. You know, they don't try to be noticeable. They don't want to be freaking people out. But at the same time, you know, if, if, you're just, if you're just bound and determined to protect, you're only allowed to protect what you've been appointed to protect. And if nobody's appointed you to protect anything, you need to mind your own business. You need to stay out of it. If you want to go and patrol your property, if I want to go walk around my three acres every day and just, you know, be watching things and be up all night carrying my gun, I'm pretty sure that's legal for me to do on my property. But you know what? My neighbors are going to think I'm a weirdo. And uh, they're, they're not, they're not going to appreciate that 
I don't think that's necessary. But at the, at the same time, some people, that's just kind of how they are. It's like they're just, please, somebody come rob me. Please, I just, well, they just want to shoot somebody. That is a terrible attitude. That is, that is a wicked thing. That should not be our desire. And so, you know, those who are looking for drama, those who are looking for blood, you know, I think they're miserable people. It says in verse 16 of Romans 3, destruction and misery are in their ways and the way of peace they have not known. They don't know how to get along with people. They don't know how to reconcile differences. What do they want to do? They just want to shed blood all the time. If they have a difference, if they have a controversy, if they have a conflict, man, it's on. They're ready to fight. And they have no clue how to make peace. I think that ought to be the first thing we try. If there's a conflict, hey, can we resolve this peacefully? If somebody steals something from me, I should try to see if I can get it back, get them to give it back, or at least call the police before I go chase them down and shoot the guy. In fact, that's not even biblical to do that. It's taught in the Bible, if someone's breaking into your house and you smite them and they die, your hands are clean. However, though, if the sun rises upon them, in other words, if they get away, you're not allowed to go hunt somebody down and kill them for stealing. You're not allowed to do that. Now, if you find out who they did, you can go after them to get them to pay you back and pay you fourfold, but you're not even allowed to kill them over something like that. The Bible teaches that. And, and our, our laws are back that up. If somebody breaks in your home and you shoot them, you know, you're, you're clean, you're fine. But at the same time, we always should be looking for the peaceful route first. Hey, how can I resolve this situation without killing somebody? But many people, that is their first choice. Death. You know, we've got some of our politicians. Something happens in another country, what's the first thing they're thinking? Nuke them. Nuke them. You know, they're just, you know, let, let's go to war. Let's fight. I mean, that, that's the attitude of many people today. That should not be our attitude. Now, is there going to be a situation where we might need to go to war? Probably. Are there situations, you know, in our life where we might need to, you know, to actually take somebody's life? That may come, but we ought to never go looking for that. And that, that should not be our desire. If that is your desire, there's something wrong with you. And you need to, uh, you need to, you need to get that right. So, when we should intervene, it's for, when someone calls for help. Okay, look at Deuteronomy chapter 22. There are going to be times where you're going to need to intervene, and it's if somebody calls for help, okay? You know, I might see a situation that looks bad. Okay, we talked about the other day, you know, my wife, she saw a husband being really mean to his wife. He wasn't physically doing anything to her, but he was talking really nasty to her. And my wife wanted to intervene, okay? You know, and uh, sometimes you can o- you'll only make the situation worse if you intervene. And I, I was out, I was out slowly one time and I was getting ready to go to this next house and man, the husband and wife were having a knockdown drag out. And I mean, it was a brutal fight, but verbally, a hundred percent verbal. And I remember I, I walked up I, and you know what? I didn't go to that house. I was like, I don't think this is a good time. I don't really think they're ready to hear the gospel. And I didn't really want to get in the middle of that. And it was, I mean, it was ugly. I mean, and I, I heard that, and I'm going to be honest with you too, while it was an ugly fight, while it was brutal on both sides, from what I was hearing, I was on the guy's side. <laughs> and and um, I, uh, I, I, I just, I stayed out of that. 
But you know, if it had got, if it had start, what if it had started getting physical? Well, what is it that usually happens in a situation like that? You know, somebody when somebody really needs help, they usually call for help, don't they? They they usually scream. And look what it says in Deuteronomy chapter twenty-two, verse twenty-three. It says, if a damsel that is a virgin be betrothed unto an husband, and a man find her in the city, and lie with her. Then ye shall bring them both out into the gate of the city, and ye shall stone them with stones that they die. The damsel, because she cried not, being in the city, and the man, because he humbled his neighbor's wife, so thou shalt put away evil from among you. But if the man find a betrothed damsel in the field, and the man force her and lie with her, then the man only that lay with her shall die. But unto the damsel thou shalt do no wrong, or do nothing. There is... Uh, in the damsel, no sin worthy of death, for as when a man riseth against his neighbor and slayeth him, even so is this matter. For he found her in the field, and the betrothed damsel cried, and there was none to save her. So we see very clearly in this passage, when somebody is in trouble, you know, they're going to call off for help, and it's just assumed that people are going to come and help them. That people are going to come and they're going to intervene. And so, if you're in a situation, you see a situation. Somebody's getting beat up. Somebody's being, you know, somebody's being hurt, and they're screaming and crying out for help. Then you know what? There's your opportunity. There's your chance to go beat Chuck Norris. There's your chance to go throw a punch, do a roundhouse kick to the face, whatever it is, you know, whatever superhero you want to copy off of. There is your opportunity. You see a, somebody being taken advantage of, somebody that's being hurt, and the, and but then even then. What is your goal? What is it you're trying to do? You're trying to stop it. Your job is not to be judge, jury, and executioner and go kill that person. Now, there, are, there may be a situation where you need to kill somebody. We'll talk a little about, about that in a little bit. But your goal is not to be a jury in that. Your, your goal is to try to stop it. Your goal is to try, try to intervene. And it's, so it's clear in this passage that there is an expectation for someone to come to the rescue. Because it's mentioned specifically, she's in a city. Well, there's going to be somebody that is going to hear her. She's going to cry out. And people can come and they can intervene and they can stop what's going on. But uh, when we are called on, it is, it's our job to stop harm from being done, not to be judged during executioner. It says in verse 24, after this all happens, okay, after they get caught or whatever, it says, then ye shall bring them both out unto the gate of the city, and ye shall stone them with stones that they die. Why do they bring them to the gate of the city? Because that was where the judges would be. That was where they would, uh, you know, decide the fate of these things. Nobody was supposed to just go be judged right there where they found them. Hey, we're going to take them to the gate of the city. That's where they judge. In the case today in America, you know, the police would come, they take them to jail, and then they take them to the courthouse, and they would be judged. And then the judge would decide what the penalty is going to be for that. The person who intervenes doesn't do that. The person who intervenes, their job is to go stop what's happening and allow whoever the authorities are to get there, take that person into custody so they can be judged. Our, that is not our job in that situation. Our job is only to intervene and stop what's the harm that's being done. So, how far... Am I expected to go when I intervene? Okay, you know how how far? Because first of all, and here's the other question too: Am I required to put myself at risk? 
All right, because let's just be honest. Maybe some of us were not Chuck Norris. Maybe some of us in here, you know, we're we're scared. All right, you know, we we see something happening. We see some big guy. He's beating up on a woman. We go and we look at that big guy. And we're like, man, he could probably take me. Maybe she deserves it, you know, and we can make excuses and we can uh, move on and stay out of it, you know. So, hey, you know, I'm just minding my own business. I'm just going to do my thing and I'm going to go on my way and pretend it didn't happen. You know, when, you know, what, how much does God expect of us in those situations? What is it that we're supposed to do? And I personally believe that the rule you should follow in every situation is real clear. Matthew seven twelve. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that man should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. That's what we've been reading from, right? We've been reading from the law, how, how things are supposed to be done. So when it comes to intervention, what am I supposed to do? Well, what would you want to do? If you were the person that was getting beat up and somebody saw it, would you want them to come try to help you? Would you want them to intervene? How would you want that person to handle it? If it was your wife that was getting beat up and another man saw what was taking place, what would you want him to do? Would you want him to do nothing? Would you want him to put himself at risk and take a chance that maybe he would get beat up too? I don't know about you, but I'm just going to be honest. If I was getting beat up, I would hope somebody would come and try to help me out. And keep them, and even if it meant maybe they got beat up. Especially if it was my wife. Or if it was one of my children that somebody was trying to hurt and somebody was trying to take advantage of, you know what? I hope somebody would come and they would put themselves in harm's way and they would get in between them and do whatever they could. That's what I would want for me. So you know what? That's what I should do for other people. I should do in that situation what I would want done for me. When you see whatever's going on, you should think, what if I was the victim right there? What if I was that person? And I looked and I saw me standing there, what would I want that person to do? And that's exactly what you should do. And you know what? Most of us, if we were honest, you know what we would want? We would want intervention. We would want something to be done. Now, I would want people to be smart. I would want, you know, I would want them to, to think a little bit. You know, if you are, if you're just, a, if you're a frail, thin person that doesn't have a chance beating somebody up, all right, you know, some of you, you know, I don't want to use the word old, but some of you that are very experienced in life, um, you know, you, you might not be able to put up a great fight. Okay, but you know what? Can you scream? Can you call 911? You know, a good, I mean, a good old scream could really freak the person out because you know, they're going to think, hey, other people are going to come. You can try to get other people to come and intervene. You know, you can do whatever you can do. I mean, there's things you can do to try to help in that situation. And said, and if you are really experienced in life, you're the one that needs to go out and get your conceal and carry permit, you know, and have the have it carry around an equalizer in a situation. And then age doesn't matter then, as long as you can shoot straight, right? But uh, you got that. That should be your attitude. I'm going to do whatever I would want done for me in that situation. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 22 and verse one. Okay, because this is an here's an example of what you would want done for you 
is what you should do for other people. It says in Deuteronomy 22, verse 1, Thou shalt not see thy brother's ox or his sheep go astray and hide thyself from them. Thou shalt in any case bring them again unto thy brother. And if thy brother be not nigh unto thee, or if thou know him not, then thou shalt bring it unto thine own house, and it shall be with thee until thy brother seek after it, and thou shalt restore it to him again. In like manner shalt thou do with his ass, and thou shalt do with his raiment, and with all lost things of thy brother's, which he hath lost, thou hast found, shalt thou do likewise, thou mayest not hide thyself. Thou shalt not see thy brother's ass or his ox fall down by the way, and hide thyself from them. Thou shalt surely help him to lift them up again. What am I, how am I supposed to do? You know, handle these situations? Isn't that exactly what you would want done for you? If you lost your wallet, wouldn't you like it if the person, instead of spending the money in it, you know, looked at your identification, looked you up and called you and gave it back? Isn't that what you would like to be done? That's what you ought to do. And same thing, it's mentioning with the animals. If you see them fall by the way, you go and lift them up. You know what else that means too? You know, we don't see people riding around on ox or ass today, but what do we see? Flat tire. Oh, uh, you know, they got they might have triple A. You know, well, they might not. We ought to be willing in, in all those situations when we see people in trouble, whether it be in physical danger, whether it just be a tough situation where they just might need some help, we should all things whatsoever would the men should do to us, we should do it to them. You know what? I'd like some help. I'm going to go do that. I've got a jack that I carry around in my car. It's one of the, the easy kind that you can jack cars up real easy with. We all have those piece of junk ones in our car that take you about a half hour to get your vehicle off the ground. And I had a flat tire one time, and I remember that I was right by this house. The guy came out, and he had one of those jacks, and he jacked my uh, truck up real fast and real easy. And man, it helped me so much. I was getting ready to mess with that stupid thing I've got. It was real awkward. The ground was wet. And it was such a blessing. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go buy a real jack and I'm going to keep it in my truck. And you know what? I have, I have had several times when I've been able to use that and help people with that exact same situation. One time on the very road where the guy helped me. Just a, just a mile or so down the road. Somebody else in the same situation. I saw him under there trying to mess with it. I drove past her. I was almost home. And then I remembered. I remember that guy that helped me out. And I turned around and I went back and I used that. Got the van up in no time. You know, and that, that should be our attitude. That's how we should do things. That was such a blessing to me. And I have at least three or four times. I've turned around and I've done the same thing for other people. And that's, that's, that's how we ought to act. That, that should just be the rule for everything. We should always follow the golden rule. And so, all, so, and we should also always do our best to follow the local laws. And this is a story from the Gun Digest, all right? Because, you know, what about shooting people, all right? Because when it, when it comes to shooting people, some of us might not have the kung fu skills and things like that to just, you know, beat the snot out of a guy and have him begging for mercy. You know, we might need something like a gun to help protect ourselves in a situation. So this was about when deadly force is... Uh, Necessary. So it says, when, when would the use of deadly force by a private citizen against another human be considered judicious? How can a private citizen be authorized to kill another human under his or, own, his or her own summary judgment? The very simple is that deadly force is recognized as a last resort for use 
only when you need to save your life. We're referring to the doctrine of competing harms and the doctrine of necessity. Put very simply, you are allowed to break the law, in this instance kill, in the rare circumstance where following the law, not killing, would cause more injury to you or other innocent humans. And so basically what it's come down to, here's the law. Don't kill people. Alright? But at the same time, exceptions will, can be made in the, if it means to save your life. Or in a situation where it looks like you could lose, have lost your life if you did not kill this person. But either way, what's going to happen every time? Anytime you kill somebody, there's going to be an investigation and there's going to be people who make judgments. And, so, and, and I think that's appropriate because the taking of a life is a very, very serious thing. And so you've got to make sure that if you're the type of person, if you've got a record of regularly getting involved in situations when you're not a police... And, you know, you know, after the third or fourth time you've shot somebody, people are going to start asking the question, why does this person always need to use deadly force? How are they always getting in these situations? And so you need to understand that, you know, the longer you go in your life without killing somebody, the better chance you have of getting away with it if you do actually kill somebody. All right? If you live 50 or 60 years, you never shot anybody, and all of a sudden you shot somebody... People are going to be more likely to believe your story when you're talking about the conflict. But if you're somebody that has a history of getting involved in things and getting in fights, you're probably, people probably aren't going to believe your story. So you just need to watch those things. You need to call the authorities. Call the ones that have actually been appointed. Follow the laws the best you can. You know, if you can, get help. When you see a situation where somebody needs, you know, there might need to be intervention, call for people. Why? You might need them as witnesses. You, it's better if you shoot somebody, if I have to shoot somebody and it's justified. Okay, I shouldn't be like Moses and I'm looking this way and that way. Is anybody watching? If I have to shoot somebody, if I'm just in my actions, the more people that see me do it, the better. The more people that watch me shoot that person, the better. Because now I've got witnesses that will back up my story. But if I'm doing it, in, if I'm wanting to do it in private, there's a good sign that it's not just. And you got a lot of people today who a lot of their things that happen to them, situation they're in, it's, there's everybody there to see it. Well, we ought, we ought to want people there to see it. We want witnesses. And, so, and following the first point of this message, you know, it will help you make the right decisions. In other words, don't go looking for fights. Don't go looking for trouble. Let that be a last resort and that will help you in every situation. So right there is basically intervention. And just real briefly, I want to touch on this because I got to thinking about this. You know, this is the 21st century. This is 2018. And what's something that we have a, a new problem that we have today? And that is what about intervening in battles taking place in cyberspace? Okay, thank because there are fights breaking out every day on cyberspace. I mean, now, and if you're, if you're on the internet, people are constantly getting in fights on there. There are constantly battles and wars breaking out in cyberspace. When am I required to intervene in a battle in cyberspace? Well, first of all, I don't feel like I need to help a person who went looking for trouble. Okay, Proverbs 26, 17 says, He that passeth by and meddleth with strife belonging not to him is like one that taketh a dog by the ears. Okay? Understand, when you're in cyberspace, okay, 
that you are walking in dangerous territory. All right? You know, if you go and you, if, if I see somebody now, listen, I love people, I want to help people, but you know, if there's a hornet's nest outside, you know, and I care about you, I'm going to tell you don't poke the hornet's nest. I'm, and it, you know, I, I really want to poke at the hornet's nest. Yeah, but you're going to get stung. And you're going to get stung a lot, and it's going to hurt. Yeah, but I really want to do it. Please don't do it. You know, stop. Don't. And if you go out there and you insist on poking at the hornet's nest and you're getting stung, I don't think I have to do anything about it. I tried to stop you, and you wouldn't listen. Now, I, if I want to, I can, but understand, if I go and I try to help you, if I try to drag you away from there, I'm probably going to get stung myself, aren't I? I'm, going to, I'm now in your mess that you just asked for because you went looking for trouble. And, you know, and you should, you should, you know, we should help people walk away from situations. That's what we should help them do. Oh, but I see that hornet's nest. I want to poke it so bad. No, come on, let's go. Let's go find something else to do. Let's move on, all right? Just forget about it, all right? It's not there. Go do your thing. You know, we need, you know, I don't need to help my friend who goes walking into a gang's hangout and starts flashing gang signs of a rival gang. Okay, if, if you decide you want to do that, this is, I mean, if this is America, okay, you should be allowed to go and visit a hideout of some gang in the city and flash gang signs and you shouldn't get beat up. But you know what? You're probably going to get beat up. That's just what's going to happen. All right. Ladies ought to be able to walk down this any street at night and not have anybody mess with them. But you know what? If you do. Uh, you know, there's the, some places, ladies, if you go dressed in certain ways, especially you ought to be able to go dress however you want. And nobody's going to do anything. But is that the reality of what will probably happen? Absolutely not. And we need to understand that when it comes to the Internet world, some people are just idiots and they go messing with stuff that they shouldn't be messing with. You know, if I go as a preacher and I go and I find some Facebook group of Ruckmanites and I go in there, start saying, you know, post-trib rapture and stuff like that, I'm going to get attacked. And you know what? I'm not a victim when I get attacked. Okay? I knew what they were. I asked for it. You know, if I go on there, we're the chosen people. I'm going to get attacked there. Okay? They're not, they're not going to let that go. They're going to call me all kinds of names. They're going to say a bunch of things about me. And you know what? You all don't need to feel like you've got to come help me in that situation because I asked for that. I didn't need to do that. You know, we, we ought to help those who are being attacked. But here's the question we've got to ask. Who was the aggressor? There's, there's some guys out there that, you know, they're, they're, the only harm thing they've done, they're, they're online. They've gone online. They've got a YouTube channel. They've got a Facebook page or whatever. They preach things that I don't disagree with. They've never attacked me. They've never come after me. They've never said a mean word about me. I might not agree with what they're saying, but do I, because I disagree with them, do I have the right to just go on there and attack them? Well, I mean, I guess I can if I want to, but guess what? If they turn around and start firing back, that's tough luck for me. I'm an idiot. I should, have just, I should have just left them alone. And I've seen that before where pastors will do that. Some guy's out there minding his own business, doing the right thing. He's never attacked anybody. He never did anything to anybody. But they disagree with him. They don't like him. So what do they do? They just pile on the guy. 
You know, it's one thing if the guy was out there making videos, criticizing you, bashing you. I mean, just, I mean, literally out to get you. But for somebody to just go, you know what you're doing? You're looking for trouble. You're looking for strife. Your feet are swift in running to mischief. And the Bible says God hates somebody that's like that. And so if you attack someone and they hit you back, you are not a victim. And I've seen that. These guys do it. They'll just go poking around at things. They'll go messing with stuff. And they go and they get attacked. The people end up fighting back. And what do they do? They act like a victim. I'm just taking a stand and people are all against me. No, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You poked at a hornet's nest and you got stung. And, you know, and don't cry when nobody wants to come to your defense. Because that was an unjust situation. It wasn't like you were out there minding your own business in your own little area of cyberspace and they came over and attacked you. No, you went over and you attacked them. And we got a lot, you know, and I, I get tempted to. I, you know, that's the, one of the bad things about the internet. You see so much stupidity on there. And I see people say things sometimes that are just so dumb. And, I, and I'm new to a lot of this stuff and so I'm trying to learn to follow this rule, Okay. I've got my area, I've got my pages, my websites where I post things, okay? Other people, even idiots, are allowed to have their places too. And as long as they don't come over in my stuff and start spewing their stupidity, I'm going to leave them alone, all right? And it's hard because it's like, oh man, that person's such a moron. I could really make them look bad right now. And sometimes I've, I, you know, I said, I'm not saying I'm perfect in this. Sometimes I've gotten involved when I shouldn't have gotten involved. But look, if, if you're a Republican and you go to the Democrat page on somewhere and you start saying stuff, you're going to get attacked and you're not a victim. Okay? What do you expect from them? They, you know, it, it's just, it, it's ridiculous. And so we see that. And sometimes when we see our friends maybe getting attacked or whatever, and we're like, oh, I, I got to intervene. I got to do something. No, you're going to have to stand there and watch them get stung. And you can feel sorry for them all you want. And you can go be a friend of them. You can help them heal their wounds and teach them. You know, but then try to teach them, hey, don't go poking at the hornet's nest. All right, You do your thing. You do what's right. But don't go messing with stuff that's just not yours. You know, God did not put me in charge of making sure there's no stupid people on the Internet. Nobody has appointed that position to me of exposing every idiot on the internet, I, uh, that'd be way too much of a job for any one person to handle. I can't do it. And so when it comes to intervention, you know, we ought to be bold and courageous, but we should also be wise and not be looking for trouble. If I want to find that next guy to expose, I want to find that next guy that we're just, uh, man, we're, gonna, we're just going to hammer this guy. I'm going to preach against him. It would not be hard to find somebody. It, it would be hard, but you know, if, if we're doing right, you know, if, if if you're if you're doing the right thing and if you're making an impact, you're going to have plenty of attacks come your way. Just mark that down. But if you're being attacked because you're looking for you were looking for trouble, then you're just wicked. Okay, and we shouldn't walk around looking for an opportunity to be a hero. We, but we ought to be the kind of people that if a hero's ever needed, we're there. We're ready to go. We'll have our Walker, Texas Ranger moment where we, we save the day 
and you get to you get to throw that punch, that roundhouse kick, whatever. But in the meantime, don't go looking for it. And when it comes to a situation where somebody might need some intervention, you've got to ask yourself that question: What would I want done if I was in their shoes? And that's how you ought to handle it. And so I hope that was a blessing to you. So with that, let's pray, dear Lord. We thank you so much for your word. Help us, Lord, as we live in a wicked world where we see wicked things happening all the time. I pray you'll help us to to just have a biblical mindset when it comes to these things. Lord, I pray you'll help us to just train ourselves and our mind and in our actions to operate the way that your word teaches us, Lord. There's so many clear principles throughout the Bible. I pray you'll help us to stay in your word so these things will be in our hearts. And when situations come up and when conflicts arise, we'll handle these things with wisdom and in a just way like you'd have us to do. And I pray you'll help us, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.